Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am Sir Michael Cole. What? Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, Taryn, alongside Dan, Joe, and that's it because Jamie's on a holiday. What's yeah. up, Boose? <laughs> you guys have just been away, haven't you? How was it? Yeah, man, we Hot. came back. Yeah, it was really toasty. We came back yesterday, um, but then we decided to go somewhere today and get stuck in traffic as well, which was always good fun. But yeah, it was lovely, really baking hot. Luckily, there was aircon in a lot of the hotels that we were in, but I've never drunk so much water in my life. I didn't realise <laughs> I liked water so much. But it's where was it you went? Um, we started off. We went to Southampton, then we went to the Isle of Wight, then we went to Portsmouth, um, and then we went via Swindon on the way home yesterday. So we've pretty much done most of the the south of England. Oh, and Joe, did you do all the driving in this? Yeah, I drove pretty much all the way there. I mean, to be fair, like down to Southampton was pretty easy. Driving around Ireland White was easy. Um, today was the worst day of driving out of the entire holiday, I reckon. But Just I was in charge. It, yeah. I was oh, in charge God. of the music, though. So, you know, that's important, too. Yeah. What was it? Was it classic wrestling themes, I hope, <laughs> on the way home? No, none at all. We had pop, we made sure to get Popmaster every single day on BBC Two. We made sure to turn over for that. But we had a bit of Lonely Island, a bit of Daughtry, a bit of Train, you know, old school classics. Smashing. And now you're back in time for the podcast. We're a day later than normal, but I'm sure nobody will mind. Everybody knows that we are. But of course, Jamie's not here because he's decided to go away. A lovely trip up to Kendall, up towards the Lake District way. So he's um, he's away now for 10 days, I believe. So not only is he missing this episode, he's going to miss next week's as well. So he's not going to have a clue. And because he's in the middle of nowhere, he's probably got no signal so he's probably not <laughs> listening to this so we can call him every name under the sun i've good. never liked him anyway because he's an arsehole um and he's probably not gonna know what's happened or what's gonna happen on smackdown and raw this week so uh, yeah he'll be in the dark we'll just tell him that cm punk decided to come back to the wwe <laughs> and said we'll just tell him we'll, we'll message him that because he won't have a clue otherwise we'll tell him anything we'll just drop some like nuggets in there like new old news articles like i think i found one from four years ago that roman reigns was suspended for 60 days so we'll just dig that one back <laughs> up again and post it in there reigns has been released the third term of the uh, third strike of the welders policy we'll tell him <laughs> going on holiday with like missing out on wrestling so we couldn't watch money in the bank live and we haven't been able to you know um, watch a lot of roar as well and you're away and you're seeing all the stuff that's happening you know like, oh, i really want to watch that i really want to tune in it looks epic we've been waiting months for good wrestling to come back and it just goes to show we're actually on holiday when it's on it always used to be the case whenever SummerSlam was on i'd always be away in Cyprus or Crete or a lovely foreign country, but you just would have to wait two weeks to come back and watch everything. Uh, but, you know, you, you pay the price because you get to go on a lovely holiday. Like. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned, like, say, you, you didn't watch Money in the Bank Live. I didn't either. I did watch it the next day. I stayed completely spoiler-free. <laughs> so, well, I say I stay spoiler-free. I stayed away from all the social media and all the websites that I knew would be talking about wrestling. And then I went on a movie website which talks about <laughs> movies that are coming soon. That'll probably give you a hint as to what the website's called. That never talk about wrestling normally. And 
it spoil the return at the end, which we'll get towards. So I thought, right, well, I've learned my lesson now. I ain't visiting that site again, or certainly not <laughs> straight after a major wrestling pay-per-view. But um, what did you guys, I mean, like I say, we'll, we'll break down the event as we do anyway in, in each match, but just overall, what did you guys think of the show after you watched it? Well, I thought it was really, really good. The fans being back in attendance definitely make a difference, especially in the uh, Charlotte-Rhea match. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. The fans definitely made an impact there. Um, and it was only three hours as well, so it was a nice length. Like, I find anything over four hours just drag. So a three-hour pay-per-view with fans, you can't go wrong. More than same, please. Dan, same for you. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, pretty much. It was, it was a decent show. There was a couple bits, because I was watching it so far behind, I did skip my way through a couple bits, like the promos and walk into the rings and some of the bits in the middle. But all in all, solid, um, solid show. Everything kind of worked together. The backstage segments worked as well. It, it was a solid show, and you could actually see with the fans, they, they cared, but they are still quite nervous to, to start chanting again and move around again and bring their signs back again. But, yeah, they're moving in the right direction, and I, I th- actually thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I've come off WrestleMania Backlash and all of these, going, oh, what did I just watch? But I'm really happy with that one. It was, it was well worthwhile putting it on as soon as I got back. I think the general consensus from most of um, social media and most of the internet wrestling community, um, you know, would have given it a thumbs up. I saw a few thumbs down. Um, You can't please everybody. And don't get me wrong, I've been probably the most highly critical of specifically the WWE's product lately in the last six to 12 months, if not longer. But, you know, Credit where credit's due. Yes, there were some things that I think they could have done better in the show. There always is. Nothing's perfect. But how anybody could could give anything other than a thumbs up for this show, I, I don't know. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was entertained throughout. Um, there were a couple of nice surprises. And, you know, I, I don't think there was, you know, a bad match. The matches that are, I mean, don't get wrong, every match is supposed to entertain, but the matches that were supposed to entertain, you know, your, your ladder matches and the, you know, main events, the world championship matches, they all entertained and I thought they were booked really, really well. So, yeah, a, a solid thumbs up from me. Um, just the uh, having a look on, on Twitter, um, I suppose we could call him a friend of the show now, Akil Reddy, um, at Akil Taker. He's commented before. He said it was a absolutely mind-blowing pay-per-view, no doubt in that. He said Big E winning is a great surprise, well-managed with the ending of Edge versus Reigns. Last but not least, Cena's epic return is the best part. I think no one would have expected him to return at Money in the Bank. So, you know, there are people out there that were, you know, more than just a thumbs up. They thought it was a, a mind-blowing pay-per-view. So, Definitely, the consensus seems that more people seem to enjoy it than not. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll we'll have a look at the show. We'll have a, a breakdown as we do. The one thing I didn't watch, um, which probably comes to no surprise um, to anyone listening, because I never do, was the pre-show. Did you guys watch the pre-show? Didn't watch the pre-show, but they did show a recap of the Usos um, match. The only thing that I wish I saw was the entrance, Rey Mysterio's entrance, because I heard that was pretty decent. That they had some sort of portal. That what they did he do? Oh, did he? Yeah, apparently there was some sort of like like Stargate wormhole that they were drowning like in suits. It's like an Aztec Mayan portal they came through. Yeah, no, they just they were in suits and then they came through this portal and that's how they sort of opened the show. So it was nice to see, but it, it's it's good that they have now moved on from Mysterious holding the belts. They've given it to the Usos and also with the potential of Naomi going to SmackDown as well, it'll strengthen the bloodline sort of storyline. So it works out well and, and it means that Ray and Dominic can move on to other things, you know, eventual breakup of Mania, maybe. So are we happy with the fact that the Usos won the titles? 
A Yesus, yes I am. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, there's the one thing I will say is out there on social media, especially with which one has it been? Was it Jimmy or Jay with his recent DUI? Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy there yeah. we go. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, why is he being rewarded? You know, why isn't he being suspended? I I can understand why people would see it as a reward, and I suppose in a way that it is. We don't know what conversations have been had with him backstage. For all we know, he could be on his final, final warning, his, you know, his last thing. But I think you, you had to change the titles, even though the Mysterios haven't had the belts um, for that long. It's only been a month or two, wasn't it, if that? Yeah. But um, I think you had to, for the sake of the the greater good, if you would, for the Roman Reigns storyline, for the head of the table, there would have been no point having those two, unless you're wanting to break them up, which I don't think mm. we're quite there yet. There's no point having them lose, because then you're just going to have Reigns, you know, going, um, you know, obliterating them, all that kind of business. So you need to kind of unify the three of them together. And I think, you know, it was the right call putting the, the tag titles on them. And like I say, we don't know what's been said backstage about the DUI side of things. Hopefully he's getting some help with that and, you know, and, and onwards and upwards. But uh, from what I understood, it was, a, it was a solid match. And do you know what? I might actually go back and watch it now just specifically for all the portal entrance because I'm quite interested to see what that <laughs> what that looks like now. Yeah, yeah. It, looks, it looks really decent. And I agree with you with, with the DUI thing. I'm assuming that he is getting help. Naomi's apparently going across to SmackDown. So that's his wife. She's only going to help hopefully support him and steer him in the right direction. But yeah, okay, they are rewarding somebody with a title who's just had a DUI. But it is, I know we say WWE don't have long term storytelling, but they do. And I think that they're trying to follow a certain path with it. Oh, it's certainly leading. in this case. Yeah, now, it's, do lead, we... it's leading to something, you know. Do we think there's anything, I don't know what you think about this, Joe, but do we think there's anything with these, um, I suppose they're not really rumours now, I think it's more or less been confirmed on the dirt sheets about Naomi going over to SmackDown. Do we think she's just going over to heighten and help the women's division? Do we think she's going over to kind of help her husband not on TV, just in a support role? Or do we think she's actually going to be used as part of this storyline and put forward as part of the family? I think she's going to go over and bolster up the bloodline. I mean, there was a bit on Money in the Bank where it's like backstage segments where you used to have a tag belt. I remember saying about when um, when Jimmy went away, he was like, oh, I had to bring you back. And then he went to Jay So He's like, ask for you. And then he didn't even say anything. So they like they kind of like hinted at it without saying anything. And I think the same stand that they're going to bring Naomi into the bloodline as well, like as a female member. And it'll be and they'll want to hold all the gold. So so Paul Heyman will be managing Naomi. They need to do something with it. Like, the glow gimmick was all right for a bit, but it's a bit stale now. It's something a bit different. I do we think that... it'll be a good move then? Yeah, in a way, I agree I agree with Joe. But also, I listened to the women's pops when they came out for the ladder match, and she was the one who had the biggest pop here in Selena Vega. Now, it... <laughs> I don't know if it was just me. I thought at the beginning of the show, but then I thought towards the end of the show, they weren't doing it. I don't know what you guys thought. Maybe it's just because once I heard it, I couldn't unhear it. But to me, it sounded like the production team were piping in crowd cheering and noises and booing. And at some points I thought, I'm looking at the, the crowd. And sometimes, yeah, they were hot. And they were up out the seats and they were cheering. But other times I thought there's more noise coming out of my TV than there is coming out of their mouths. And I don't know if it was just me. I don't know if you guys thought the same. Yeah, it did feel like it was a little bit piped in, but you're going to get that. There's been, yeah, they're excited to come back. They want to go wild, but also there's the nervousness of 
I, I think a lot of fans emulate other fans. They emulate the chance. They emulate what they've heard in other places. You know, it's very hard to be original if you're a fan these days. Usually they tell you what they want you to chant or what they want you to do. So if you're hearing like Roman sucks, Roman sucks every week, then you'll know to say Roman sucks. But if, for example, you wanted to cheer somebody, you know, you need to know, oh, is this person a good guy when a bad guy? So with Rhea Ripley, for example, you're like, oh, am I cheering or booing this person? I don't know because it's been so confusing. But with a person like Naomi, you know you're, she's coming out, she's dancing, she's having a good time, and you know you're there to cheer her. Whereas I think they were missing their cue in a lot of occasions, but they just didn't know that they had to try and get involved with it. But you've got the opposite. Karrion Cross did a promo, uh, apparently, that's been taken, that's coming out in the next couple of weeks on NXT. And he was trying to do this promo, but they were chanting Jeff Hardy's name all the way through the promo. So he literally had to redo it and they had to tell the audience to shut up. So it's gone yeah. the other way as well with NXT. They're a bit too boisterous in a way. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, fair enough. Well, it'd be good to see what they do with Naomi, um, as long as they're not just going to move her over and have a job to, I don't know. Tony Storm. <laughs> yeah, um, which she'll be debuting tonight, won't she? So that's very interesting. And um, we'll the, see what happens with that. I know it probably is in the news, but with the being at a rock festival or a music festival, and you've got Tony time, she comes out in a Motley Crew outfit, it's going to be electric. Absolutely. Right, first match of the night on the actual pay-per-view itself then was the Women's Money in the Bank Championship Championship Women's Money in the Bank match for a shot at one of the Women's Championships. So it was uh, Tamina, Natalia, <laughs> Selena Vega, Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss, Naomi, Asuka, and Nikki A.S.H., who was the eventual winner. So Joe... What did we think of the match? But more importantly, what did we think of the actual winner? Um, I'm glad Nikki Ashes went. I mean, the she's completely changed her entire gimmick. She's now the superhero gimmick. You know, she's the believable person. I'm glad she won. Um, as for the match itself, I thought it was a bit clunky in places and a bit spotty. Um, I could tell because I've been watching wrestling for a long time and so could Dad that a lot of the time the women were just stood there waiting for the next move to go along. It was a bit stop-starty in places. Um, I think the standout for me was probably the Alexa Bliss doing the the mind tricks on Selena Vega. So, yeah, overall, I thought it was a pretty decent match. It was just a bit clunky, I think is the right word. Dan? Yeah, I mean, it was decent. I really liked um, Alexa Bliss's entrance. Um you know, how she made her way to the ring. And then she just stood on the ring rope for about two, three minutes, then decided to go in the middle of the ring and just start doing some voodoo stuff. And she kind of did this thing where she put her hand up and tried to get the briefcase to just fall down to her hand and they all attacked her. So, they, you know, everyone was playing into a gimmick, which was really nice uh, to see that they were working with an actual character. Um, it, I agree with Joe in terms of they were waiting for spots. It reminded me of the first ever Royal Rumble where they're all sat, you can see them all sat around the edge of the ring waiting yeah. for their cue. And the ending was just really awkward. They were all on top of the ladder pretending to fight each other. And then they just let Nikki go up, grab it really easy and go, oh, I won. And then there was nothing like, oh, let's fight it out of her hands or anything. It was just, no, we're all just going to stand on top of the ladder and look really confused how she just you went know what, behind though? us and picked it up. I didn't mind the ending because I thought it's something that we've not seen before and not seen for a while. I think... 
I think the idea was better than the way it came across. I think the idea was is that they're all up there and they're all so engrossing and beating each other up that they've almost forgotten that the briefcase is above them and they're all looking face-to-face and hitting each other. So it just gave the opportunity for one of them to climb up almost unnoticed and grab it. So I think the idea was better than the execution, but I didn't mind it because, you know, how many times do we normally just see it? Everyone else led out on the floor outside the ring. Somebody goes up to the top. Somebody else follows him. And they hit him a couple of times and they fall off and they grab the briefcase. You know, so I was quite happy, actually, with the ending. Yeah, the, choice of, um, the choice of winner, I, I'm happy for Nikki herself, Nikki Cross herself, um, for the performer. I, I'm not necessarily too hot on the fact that she won the the character side of things. I know it's her creation allegedly and whatnot, but I don't see any longevity with the character itself. So to put the briefcase on and then obviously we'll get on to Roar and what happened there on right away, it seems a bit too transitional for me. So we'll see. We'll I, see. See, I'm happy with it. We first ever British Money in the Bank winner. Uh, which is nice to see. Um, I think, yeah, on both sides, men and women, it's the first ever British person to win the money in the bank. Um, and I saw a clip of um, Nikki on the bump, and she didn't just turn up in jeans and a T-shirt. She was in a full wrestling ring attire. Oh, she's living the character, yeah. And she's living... I can see the, you know, the metal action figure, and it comes with a little briefcase and shows what you can do if you uh, put your mind to anything. And, you know, it's it's something that people... You know, you look at John Cena's new character in Suicide Squad, you're like okay, everyone's going to dress up like that for Halloween. You look at Nikki Ash's character. If you go into a Comic-Con and you're a girl who doesn't want to dress up like Poison Ivy like everyone else, you've got something else to want to dress up as now. You know, it's one of those costumes. They could sell the costumes. You can make it yourself, very similar to the John Cena Suicide Squad character. It's one of those ones that's it's yeah. easy enough to fashion. Um, and I think it's it's a breath of fresh air. You know, the last time we had a superhero gimmick was Rosie, and, Rosie and her... Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Rosie and Hurricanes. Um, so that was the last time that we did see it. And yeah, we've seen it a few times in TNA with suicide and stuff. Um, but it's nice. It was something a little bit different. And she was Bucky's favourite all week to win it. Um, and I was yeah. looking at I know I went with somebody else in my predictions. But when she went, I'm like, you know what? Good for her because she's put in so much work. You can tell she loves what she does as well. You know, she's big on the UK independent scene as well. So it's it's nice to see they finally are putting something on somebody new. It's not just Charlotte yeah. Flair winning everything all over again, which I know we'll probably get onto. Just in case anyone can hear any loud banging, it's not the wife cooking the tea. <laughs> Our next door is doing something to his extension. So apologies if anyone can hear any banging, but he's been doing it all day whilst I've been trying to work as well. We, we're used to it. We, we literally, it sounds like we live on a building site with our neighbour. So don't no, worry it's about mental, it. isn't it? <laughs> Just going back to Nikki for a moment. I, to me, it's going to go one of either way with a character is either going to go a Brodus Clay type way where it's hot for a couple of months, then it just dies off or it's going to be a Santino Morella type where she can just maintain the character and keep it popular with people. Even if she has to go a bit gimmicky and comedic, I mean, I suppose she kind of is anyway, because you can't really take a superhero seriously, but you know what I mean with that. So yeah, be interesting to see what happens with it. Obviously we know what happens on Raw, which we'll get on to, but going into the future. Um, but either way, I thought the match was solid for a women's ladder match. Um, and I was quite happy with it. Well, Meltzer only rated it two stars though, didn't 
did he really? Yeah, they um, literally. Then again, he hasn't got a clue these days, has he? I mean, he hasn't got a clue about most things these days. Yeah, I was looking at um, over the matches over the last week. Nothing's got five. The men's Money in the Bank got four point seven five, but the women's got two stars. Mm, I don't think it was that bad. I thought it was quite solid. It's melts though, and they probably didn't do enough super kicks and totally suicides. <laughs> That's why you didn't give it five stars. Not enough Kenny Omega. That's right. It. The um, Raw Tag Team Championship match was next. So we have the Viking Raiders going up against the champions of AJ Styles and Omos. Um, I'll, I'll kick this one off. I'm happy with the result. I'm happy that AJ Styles and Omos um, retain the titles. I'm just not. I'm not getting Omos. I know he's still very, very green, and he is starting to do a bit more in each match, but I think they're probably looking at him and thinking, we want to see a bit more at this stage now. You're the tag team champion. You know, you wanted at WrestleMania on TV each week. We kind of want to see a return for our investment, and I don't know if we're getting that at the moment. I don't know what you guys think. He's just, he is very dominant. I mean, the performance against the Viking Raiders he took out both of them. I mean, AJ Styles did help him a bit, but he did look very dominant. Fair play, you know they they make him look like an absolute monster. But I just feel sorry for the Viking Raiders. You know they've been out most of the year. One of them was injured, and the other one was chasing twenty four seven title. And now they're dropping to Omos and AJ Styles. So yeah, but it was a solid match. I mean, you look at when the New Day lost the belts to him. It was like a squash match. They pretty much took the belt off him straight away. Um, but with this one, they actually put it, it was a good, what, five, ten minute match, really good offence. Actually, the Viking Raiders did come back a little bit. Um, it was just, you know, it's exactly what I wanted to see from a tag team match. It had everything in it. But I know what it is about Omos. You know, he's only just come in. He's, if you think about it, he's only had three or four matches, only one singles match, so give him time. Hmm. Yeah, um, I, I mean, like I say, I'm happy with the results. I am. Um, I don't think the Viking Raiders look weak or bad either. They had a good few spots in there where they did look dominant. Um, I, I've never been the biggest Viking Raiders fan anyway. I liked them when they were War Machine, but I think ever since they've come to the WWE, like most things, you know, they have been watered down slightly, which I understand for the product that it is and the type of audience that they're targeting. But um, I don't think it'll affect them too much. Let's put it, Let's put it that way. Okay, we'll move swiftly on then. So uh, the fourth match of seven of the night was for the WWE Championship. It was Bob the Lash, Bobby Lashley himself, <laughs> uh, defending against Kofi Kingston. And this was, I believe, the shortest match of the night. Only went on yeah. seven and a half minutes, you know, half the um, time of all the matches bar the main event, which went on for over half an hour. Um, but yeah, Bobby the... Bobby the Lashley, <laughs> Bobby Lashley, Bob the Lash himself, did retain. It was an absolute murder, fair play. I mean, I mean, I know Kofi Kingston's meant to be the underdog, but boy, did he play his part really, really well. I mean, he beat the living piss out of him, didn't he? Um, when Jamie usually plays, stop it, he's already dead. I just saw that straight away. It, I mean, yeah, it was okay. It was. I think it's what we expected. We all thought, oh, there's a chance that Kofi Kingston's going to have the underdog story and there's going to be some shenanigans and he's going to pick the belt up. But, yeah, okay, it's great. It's going the right direction. I think after we've seen what happened on Raw, it makes sense why they've done that match in a certain way. And I, they needed somebody to face Bobby Lashley in a title match, you know, when the fans are back. And Kofi Kingston is a fan favourite. You know, you could see shock faces 
in the crowd. You're going, you know, what's happening um, in regards to um, things with Kofi. So the fans were invested in it. Okay, it was short, but I think if it went on 15 minutes, we would have been bored and been going, oh, come on, when is this match finishing? So I think it was the right amount of time. And I know that some of us predicted that Kofi may get the upset, but I'm overall happy with it. I think it is making it move in the right direction. So what's next for Kofi Kingston? We know what's going to be next for Bobby Lashley. What's next for Kofi in all of this? I think he could go into like a little feud with somebody. You know, he could, he could carry on with the MVP things. He could kind of filter off and go like just in having the odd match. Um, could be doing something with Elias or Jackson Riker. I think it's moving more towards bringing back King of the Ring and Queen of the Ring now. That's going to make Xavier Woods um, become more of a single star then. But in terms of Kofi, you know, if they take him, if they take the accelerator off him for a little bit, it's not to say they can't put the accelerator back on him. But I do think that he'll just have the odd match and maybe he'll have a little bit of time off now as well. Um, seeing as he did get pretty much battered in that match. It was interesting to see, I don't know if you saw Kofi's comments in the week about saying how he no longer has a dream match and he's quite happy just, you know, doing what he loves wrestling and he, he's not, now he's been the champion, he's not working towards wanting to face anybody in particular, um, which I thought is quite, you know, quite telling in a positive way. He's happy, you know, he's not just there to earn his paycheck, but he is happy doing the thing that he loves and getting paid for it. I mean, who wouldn't be? Exactly. Think, Sorry, Joe, go on. I was going to say, I think Kofi Kingston knows where he is in the totem pole. And he had his, you know, he had Kofi Mania. I don't, I think he's had a word with himself. He's thought, right, I can't really get any better. I can't better this. I can't see myself getting any higher than I am. And he's been there for years and years and years, like since 2003, 2004. And then he's just had Kofi Mania. Unless he completely changes his gimmick and goes like, Thorn Hill, you know, loses the pancake stuff and the New Day stuff, then maybe. But if he just keeps the way he is, I just think people are going to get bored of him personally. It's one of those gimmicks where you do worry how far can it go, but it has gone on a long time. And to me, there's no view of it slowing down, but people don't seem to be bothered that it's not slowing down. I think you'll always have that younger fan base who are fans of the new day. For me, the pancake thing is, is not for me. If they were just the new day, if they were the trio as they were just having a good time, you know, if you want to include Big E still in that, then that's fine. But the bloody pancakes, all that kind of business I could really do, <laughs> do without. So I'd be quite happy for them to drop that going forward. Um, but as for the match itself, now I, I echo what you say, Joe. It was a very um, dominant showing from Bobby Lashley. Without making, again, without making Kofi look too weak. He's a former world champion and he put a good showing in in places. But it was the right result, I would say. Yeah, I think it has gone in the right direction. You know, Kofi can put anyone over, you know, almost like a Dolph Ziggler kind of thing. I don't think it's the case he's going to be saying, oh, I'm retiring, put me in the Hall of Fame. But I think it's now time to elevate Xavier Woods. I think he'd be good, like, you know, be good even just managing him. Um, I think this is going to be the year of Xavier Woods, especially if they do bring back King of the Ring and that Queen of the Ring idea that I've seen that's supposed to be in the pipeline for the next few months. Yep. Nope. Very true. Okay. Match five was for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, you might as well kick us off with this one then, Dan, since you spoke last in regards to Charlotte Flair, the new Raw Women's Champion. I can't or don't know how many times she is the champion now, but she defeated Rhea Ripley and we have a new champion. Yeah, for, or we no, did on Sunday. No, 14-time Women's Champion. I think they're including the two NXT titles, which 
is good in a way, but they don't do that with other world titles because then you'd say like Finn Balor's a multi-time world champion and stuff. Um, but yeah, they needed to take the title off Ripley. It was a solid match. They uh, worked on the legs. Uh, I think it was a tap-out victory as well. And that um, figure eight that she put her in to make a tap-out, that was incredible. She proper overbridge. You can tell that Charlotte's been working on that. And it just yeah. looked, ex- it looked excellent. Um, the finish of the match look- looks great. And it just shows that, you know, Rhea can't beat Charlotte Flair one on one, you know, one two three by pinfall. It has to be by cheating. You know, I think that is, that's going to be one of those rivalries that goes on for years and years. Um, in all, it was a solid match. It was decent to see. In terms of what happened on Raw the next night, I'm even happier. But yeah, I think they needed to they needed to end it. But it was just, you remember when we had Drew versus Randy uh, yeah. last year, and that was going on there over the match every single month. It was the same result. You know, and eventually they had to go, well, we'll have to give it to Randy because otherwise people are just going to expect the same thing. So, in all, I think it was very predictable. Um, but, you know, it's, it's made Charlotte look strong. And I think even though Rhea tapped out, it's made her come out and look strong as well. What did you think about it then, Joe? Because I thought it was a very, very solid match and I was actually really entertained by it. Yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Um, as I was saying at the start, that when the crowd really affecting this match. I mean, at the start, it was a bit slow and uh, the crowd started chatting, we want Becky, we want Becky. I don't know if you guys saw, but Charlotte Flair like flipped off the entire crowd and they actually, when we watched it back uh, yesterday, they actually like blacked out the screen. But you can see where she's like flipped off everyone. Like, So I think Charlotte Flair was like, right, we're having a, we're having a really good match here, but I don't appreciate you chanting Becky, Becky's name. I think she knows that there's something that's in the pipeline with Becky as well. It's just the crowd. But it's actually nice to see the crowd actually doing something and saying something for a change. And, you know, they actually had a reaction out of it. Okay, she flipped them the bird, which is uh, not as PG as WWE would want it to be. But, yeah, everybody was talking about it the next day, and that's usually a good effect. So, obviously, again, not going on to Raw yet, just because there's been another change, but we had a new Raw Women's Champion. Was this too early to take the belt off Rhea? No, no I think Rhea's, Rhea's one of these ones. She's going to be multi-time champion. I think that she's one of these people who needs to go across in the SmackDown draft. There's a lot of people that saying that they want to see Tony versus Rhea at Survivor Series, uh, champion versus champion. But I think it would make more sense to move someone like a Rhea Ripley over to SmackDown make a really bolstered SmackDown women's division and she gets a new star and a new title. But, um, you know, she's been NXT UK, NXT Raw. Then she can move across to SmackDown, maybe find a tag partner with Tony or team up with Charlotte Flair. Um, I don't think it's too early to take it off as she's had it since she won it at Mania, didn't she? So, you yeah, know, it, yeah. it's oh, April, May, June, July. So a good three-month reign. Um, she's done quite well. She hasn't really defended it against that many people. She just had, like two minutes matches with Nikki Ash and things like that. But yeah, I think it's the right time for a first title reign. It's worked out well and they can move her into little grudges. She can do things with Nikki Cross. There's all sorts that she can do. And you don't need a title on you to be able to do these matches either. Exactly. Okay. Right. So we had the men's Money in the Bank Championship. I said it again. Many Money in the Bank Championship. <laughs> men's Money in the Bank ladder match for a shot at one of the world championships. Um, and Biggie. Biggie. Now, who amongst us, because I'm sure there was only one or did two, I don't know. Who amongst us said, okay, there was two of us, that Big E would be successful? I'm and pretty sure you in? did, Taryn. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure I did. I don't think anyone else did thinking about it. Oh, hang on, maybe Dan did. I definitely did. <laughs> um, I said that for all <laughs> in general. So this is the match that Meltzer gave, what, 4.7? <laughs> 
Yeah, so oh, pardon you, Joe. Yeah, four point seven stars he gave it, which is really good for a money in the bank. And it was a human highlight reel. There were so many good flips and tricks and loads of stuff going on and Drew McIntyre being booed at the building, like getting that scene of reaction when he came out. Um, you know, it was decent. I thought there was gonna be a lot more shenanigans in it. You know, there's people who've got storylines with other people. I thought Riddle might be attacked beforehand. We might have Drew McIntyre attacked during the match. But all in all, solid match. It worked out well and Biggie's got his moment and you know, good on him. You know, he's the second ever is he the second or third ever? I think he's the second ever NXT champion. And he's only just getting something that guarantees him a title shot. So So we had him and Seth Rollins. There's been no one else, has there? Seth Rollins no. was, yeah, Seth Rollins' first NXT champion, yeah. Big E the second. And, you know, it was nice to story. I know we'll get on to what happened in the main event, but it was nice to storytelling that they did with Seth Rollins. He lost, then there was a backstage segment, and then what happened in the main event. It flowed really well. And the good thing with this Money in the Bank is you can tell things are flowing from it. You know, like in a Royal Rumble where so-and-so, like Maven eliminates The Undertaker, and then all of a sudden, like, no way out, Maven's facing The Undertaker, and they've got a feud that went on for a month. It's yeah. nice to see stuff happening because of a pay-per-view, and it continues storylines and a little bit fresher. There were some good spots in the match as well, I thought. You know, with these Money in the Bank matches, or indeed any ladder match, they can be overplayed slightly and they can be too much. Um, but as far as high spots, people being thrown off ladders, you know, through ladders, there wasn't a lot of it, which is good because I thought there was actually a decent balance of the match. There was some actual wrestling. There was some actual wrestling moves. It was almost like on this one, the ladders themselves almost played second fiddle to the rest of the action in the ring, which is strange to say for a ladder match, but I felt like it did, but it really worked. Yeah, the only bit that I didn't like, and not many people would have picked up on it, is right near the end, there was all the ladders, you can tell, they're tiny, they're not going to climb them and they're not going to win. They'll climb them, but they will not win by getting the briefcase with these ladders. But then there's one big ladder, and you know that that's the one that they're going to use to get the briefcase with. But there was one bit where I think it was Seth Rollins was climbing up to get the briefcase. So he's climbing up the big ladder, but then he sees the smaller ladder next to him is about six inches to a foot out of the way. So he, halfway up, he stops. Then he goes and grabs that small ladder, moves it towards him, even though the one he's climbing is right underneath, then carries on. But then Big E jumps up on the small ladder, hits the uh, big ending, and then he climbs the big ladder. So it was set up because he was making sure a spot was in place. But it was really evident to me, why is he moving that small ladder that, that he doesn't need more towards him? It made me go, oh, okay, cool, there's a spot coming here. It was predictable. Um, not many people, the average fan, would have picked up on that, but it was something that I spotted that he, for some reason, was messing around. You know, when this, you see him moving furniture instead of going to win the match. But apart yeah. from that, everything flowed well. The Rakocket doing the flip off the top of the ladder, and everyone's showing that picture of, you know, the, all of the competitors underneath going, no. Oh, yeah, Ricochet jumping off onto the rope and really using the leverage of the, um, the bouncing off the rope. Even I kind of jumped at that bit. I thought, wow, that, that was a good spot. I, and he does stuff like that every week, but I think he just got some real height on that and it looked really good and the crowd reaction really added to that moment. Yeah, and you can see why they added people like John Morrison and Rakocket into the match. And never people who were going to take the briefcase, but they actually added to the match. You know, they added the flips, they added the excitement to the match because you sometimes have the heavy hitters like Big Shows and Mark Henry's in a match and you know they're not going to do anything. They're not going to do any flips off ladder, any 450s. But when you add these like flippy guys in, it really, really works. And to be honest, keep put, that's why they used to put people like Shelton Benjamin in every year because you always knew that he was going to do gold standard stuff and flip off everything and it would boost it up and it shows, you know, 4.75 4 stars for Meltzer, you know, it must have been a super kick party for him. He must have really enjoyed it. 
So which was the better ladder match then, Joe? The men's or the women's? It's got to be the men's for me, definitely. As I said, the women's one was all right. It was just really, you could tell they were waiting for the next spots where the men's went. It just seemed to flow really well. I don't know why, but it just, it just seemed to flow better. And it just, whereas watching it, I wasn't watching for spots. I was just watching it. And it was like, next move, next move, next move. It was so fast, I couldn't keep my eyes off it. So, yeah, it's great. It was during this match that I noticed somebody had a sign in the crowd. And for some reason, I don't know why. And it made me laugh. I'm sure it was just placed there for, for you to laugh at. But the the sign said, my dad left when I was two weeks old. I see that, yeah. <laughs> and that was right up in the crowd. And, you know, that, that, was a, that, that was a funny moment for me, that was. I love little quirky signs. What was the other one about uh, Finn Balor? Could you do this act with me? And that one's going through the um, motions. It's all a little of, like, Vince fears Cena. And you've all oh, these classic oh, yeah. signs. So it's, it's nice to see that the signs are coming back because the first ever wrestling event that I went to, I made an Eddie Guerrero sign and... I think I made a John Cena sign or there's a one in Cardiff that I went to. And I always remember those signs. And even when I went to a local Newport event, it was with CM Punk before he got famous. Um, and I've actually, I've still got it in my bedroom now. It's got a CM Punk signature on it. It's from like 2004 or 2005. And everyone was coming up to me in the crowd and going, where did you buy that sign from? I'm like, I spent three hours with with permanent markers making it before I came. Massive sign as well. And it got stood on by, I think it was Sandman during the event so it's a good time and i'll never throw it out i've had it for about you sure 18, got it yeah 18 years I've got to say, you can't, that's not something that the sandman stood on you've got to keep hold of that <laughs> oh he's bro i remember with sandman he came through the crowd crowd tent to sandman and um he he had a, like a half drunk beer and he gave it to joe but joe mm. was like 16 at the time sandman came back he's like hey are you 21 and joe went ha ha no but he had, to, <laughs> he had to get to the ring. So he carried on going. But during the match, Sandman was facing this guy. He had this like Brooklyn Brawler gimmick. Um, but there was like a bunch of flowers that were up on a shelf um, to give to somebody after the match. It was like a presentation to like the baseball player's mum for setting up the event or raising loads of money for charity. But Sandman didn't know. So halfway through the match, he sees this bunch of flowers on a ledge in the neon. He just goes up, he picks his flowers, and he hits the baseball guy with lead. That is brilliant. So afterwards, it was like, yeah, we were going to give you a bunch of flowers, woman, but um, Sandman used it as a weapon. So What promotion was that? UCW. UCW is um, Tiverton. Or somewhere oh like that no, um, right. near, near Birmingham. Um, they didn't have many people that you know. I think um, Shannon Moore was there, Sam J. Dutt was there, Mick Foley, um, Sandman. There was quite a few people oh, there. Quite a few names, yeah. Steve yeah. Carino was there. Steve Carino was there. Yeah, as well, yeah. Yeah. Steve Carino oh, well, had, one of those, he had one of those Polaroid ones where it prints out the picture and then he'd sign it and he'd charge you 20 quid to have a picture, <laughs> a signed picture with him. They'd say, yeah, cheers, Steve. Oh, brilliant stuff. Right, let's have a look at the main event then. Main event. Now, I've got a... Yeah, I've got, got, got a small confession to make with the main event. <laughs> it was getting on a bit. I realised I didn't have much time to watch, and I thought, do I really want to skip through a lot of the main event or do I want to watch it? Then I looked to see that it was still a good half hour, 40 minutes of the event left, and I thought, no chance. So I watched the entrances and maybe the first five minutes, and then I probably skipped to the last five minutes. So I, I effectively missed all of this match, I'm afraid to say. So I'm hoping you guys watched it and you can tell me something decent about it, because I heard it was quite solid. Hello, my name is Dan, and I also skipped the match. Oh, dear. 
I mean, again, it was we just come back from our long holiday. I'd already gone through a lot of um, the actual Money in the Bank match. It got to the point I said to Joe, "Are you enjoying this?" He's like, "It's all right, but it's just a bit generic." It was a decent match. You could tell they were doing a lot of the things through the storylines that they've been doing, but. We'd already seen it at WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson or whatever he's going to call himself in AEW. Um, it was just, you knew what was going to happen. When, you, when I've read the results four days earlier and things have happened since, it's just a case of I was going through it and catching the spots and the different bits of the match. But it was just, I, it got, I know it got over four stars and it was rated as a good match, but four I was the same. I, five, yeah. yeah, I was fatigued by that point. I just, it was, I looked at my clock, it was about, I passed 11 in the evening I went you know what I'm going to go to bed so I, I pretty much skipped the majority of the match but the ending was great Seth Rollins um, ending up costing Edge um, you know and, and you know, basically looking to get a plan B he knew that he wasn't going to be next in line to go for the world title so he's looking to get that plan B and it sets it, up a really good storyline now it was certainly set up well and I think we all knew that that was going to happen but again it, it was all done well and it didn't spoil anything knowing that that was going to happen I will also point out going back to the men's money in the bank um, match that I did also predict that Jinder Mahal would take Drew McIntyre out of the match, which is exactly what happened. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, we'll know what's going to happen with that. We just know Jinder will get jobbed to Drew McIntyre, and probably rightly so. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to claim that as one of mine. <laughs> um, and they obviously listen to the podcast. I'm sure they don't. Um, <laughs> But with the um, Reigns-Edge match, from what I understand, again, from what I've read online and from what I saw, again, it was solid, and it had, a, like you say, it had a, a decent 4.25 rating from Meltzer, whatever that means these days with him. <laughs> but result, is anybody shocked? Anybody no. shocked? Not at all, no. I think we all predicted, um, yeah. yeah, we all predicted a Roman win, so it was one of those ones you could see where it was going. Very similar, but you know what? I know it's very predictable, but I'm happy to watch it. Yeah. No, exactly. Did we predict the return at the end, though? I don't think anybody said that. I think there was some certainly some inklings that it was going to happen around now, but I don't think anybody specifically thought it was going to be at Money in the Bank. Um, the website did spoil it for me, so I saw that. However, I um, you know, still popped, which is not something that I thought I'd say for a John Cena return, but I still popped. And the crowd loved it. I mean, they really did. And I didn't hear much of any booing at all. I would say 95%, if not slightly more, of the crowd was cheering Cena, which you've not heard for a long time. So it shows what they're doing with Reigns is going really, really well, to be honest. Um but yeah, what do we think of Cena's return? More than happy. Um, we've seen that it's boosted the ratings. We saw that on Raw this week from the ratings being boosted. You see the fans were just happy to see him. He was happy to see the fans. You could see he even shook, he shook hands with um, the cameraman as he came out and he did his old Too Sweet logo as well. Um, all in all, I'm happy with it. It topped off the pay-per-view well. It reminded me of when Ronda Rousey came out after the Royal Rumble and just pointed at a sign. But instead, Cena came out and just looked at him. And you know, In other words... I want to be Mr. 17 time. I want to get a new belt. I'm facing you next. I'm front of the line. So happy days. Um, yeah, it's great surprise and it topped off a good show. Yeah, I was really happy with it as well. I mean, I know we, we've heard that rumours John Cena was going to come back. We thought he was going to come back at WrestleMania. Then we heard SummerSlam. I was like, okay. Then he actually did come out at the end. I was like, wow, that, that's amazing. I can't, I can't fault it. So we did you guys watch Raw? Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I've read all the results and I've seen clips on uh, things like Insta and stuff. 
Okay, just before we have a quick rundown and a look at Raw, then we'll have a look at our um, monthly pay-per-view prediction table. So it did sit on um, me on 19 points, Dan on 20, Joe on 23, and Jamie on 26. Dan, you correctly um, picked out Big E, Roman Reigns, and Charlotte Flair, but you also correctly said that there would be no cash-in on the evening, which was worth a further five points. Boom. So that's another eight points, which puts you on 28. Joe, I'm afraid to say you only got one right, and that was Roman Reigns would be victorious. Um, Unfortunately, you didn't get an extra five points because you said there would be a cash-in. You said that Seth would do on Roman, but you've got a point, which puts you on 24. Jamie Jamie got three right. He said Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns, um, and... AJ and Omos, but he also said that there would be no cash in. So that also gives him an extra eight points. So don't tell him that. that. He's not listening anyway. Don't add it on. Sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, that puts him on 34. Oh. And I got Biggie, Roman Reigns, and AJ and Omos, but I did say that there would be a cash in. So I don't get anything extra for that. So I just get my three points, which puts me on. 22. So the current <laughs> pay-per-view prediction table sits still me bottom on 22, Joe 24, Dan in second 28, and Jamie sits pretty at the top. With I'm coming for you, Jamie. If you listen to this, I'm coming, coming for, you. for you. And that's <laughs> enough of that. Um, so Cena opened up Raw, from what I understand from Cena, and it is confirmed now. There has been the challenge. He wants a shot against Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at SummerSlam. I can see why he was on Raw, but Roman Reigns is on SmackDown. So why he didn't come out on SmackDown to do that and make hmm. that challenge, I don't know. I the do know is, they want the ratings. No, the reason is they're doing a summer of Cena. So apparently they've, uh, they've said that he's going to be at 15, I think it is 15 events uh, across the summer uh, where he's going to be facing different people, which is great. So, you know, if I said to you, John Cena versus Ricochet, John Cena versus Riddle, you know, you'd love to watch John Cena versus AJ Styles again. You'd love to see that. Then you look on the NXT, he might pop up in NXT, you know, and you can see someone like a John Cena versus Karrion Cross, which ain't going to happen, but you never know. Cross the or, or Dexter Loomis he could face, you know. He likes putting over the, the younger talent. We've seen him sat there watching 205 Live being taped. So the summer of Cena could mean that he goes on all... He's not it's specifically signed up to a certain brand he can move wherever he wants and i think it will benefit you know if you found out cena's on nxt even jamie i know he doesn't watch it but if he found out cena was on nxt one week might actually make him who only watches raw smackdown and pay-per-views go need to watch nxt this week joe what do you think about this whole cena business then um i think Superstar is definitely there to pop the ratings but it's nice to see it back he's been away for the right amount of time i as when he was wrestling full time, everyone was just like, John Cena sucks. John Cena, you know, it was like 50 50 reaction when he came back, everyone cheered him. And I just think him facing like new crop of talent, I know he's faced Roman Reigns before, but as Dan said, like some, facing someone like Riddle or someone like that or Keith Lee or someone along those lines, somebody new, and I obviously put them over. It, it's just good for ratings and it's good for him as well because he does love WWE. If you put the Cena over on NXT, imagine Cena versus Adam Cole, Cena versus Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. You know, even on Raw, you could have, um, or SmackDown, you could have Cena versus Finn Balor. All of these matches, because Cena's not going to be around for 
wrestling for years, you know, very similar like The Rock. It's going to be now and again, but... Well, he's he, absolutely at the end of his career now. But you say these things, you know, who would you want to see Cena face? I'd like to see Cena Adam Cole. I think it'd be brilliant. Cena Keith Lee, that would help elevate him. Cena versus Riddle. You know, there's all sorts of stuff that you could do with it. Even a Cena versus Kofi Kingston, a Cena versus Ricochet. These are all matches I would love to see. I know Cena does exactly the same moves every single time, but he works a crowd. He could tell a good story. And the summer of Cena shows that's him on Raw. He's going to be doing, you know, they're not all going to be 15 matches. They're going to be appearances on each show. But again, if you hear Cena's going to be on NXT, epic. Can you imagine Cena going on NXT UK? Just turning up randomly. <laughs> could you Cena versus Walter. Mate, Cena versus Walt is going to be incredible. And we've got apparently Walter coming over for NXT uh, TakeOver 36. If yes. I did see Cena Walter, that would be incredible. I honestly think Walt, that's going to be the event that Walter drops the title. And it elevates Ilya Dragunov. I've seen him Absolutely. live. Absolutely. I saw him live against Cesaro in TakeOver Cardiff, and that yeah. match was incredible. It but needs yeah. to happen now. It needs to happen. He and needs to drop the title. Because, yeah, he drops the title. Ilya goes back over to the UK and quarantines a hotel for two weeks while Walter just stays over and then Walter um could you imagine Walter going against Samoa Joe for the NXT mm. title yeah be incredible it Lovely really match. would and that would definitely match. get you to tune in certainly would me because I think what? with Samoa Joe he would be a transitional champion um you know Karrion's being called up he needs to drop the belt give it to Joe and then Joe gives it to Walter sign me up what do we think then of who answered Bob the Lash's open challenge. Not again. <laughs> I'm happy with it. Baskin is glory. It's nice to see that he's back and he's being used. But I think that they need to tread carefully with him. I haven't heard the fan reaction of how he came back, but I think the fans are still with him. Um, and if they're doing it the right way, maybe put him against Sheamus, give him a belt. I think he, he's in desperate need of a roster change. Put him on SmackDown with me, his girlfriend Mia Yim or his fiance. Um, Turn him healed. He can sell Mitch. Yeah, okay, his promos are a little like this. Um, so, yeah, okay, fair enough. Might need to work on that a little bit. But he's got the charisma. The fans love him. People buy his T-shirts. Use him properly. Just don't squash him and get, you know, get him to do the rubbish he was doing before he went off. But I'm happy to see he came out. I, I haven't seen the match, but I hope he did get a big pop, and I'm assuming he did. Uh, yes, I have watched the odd clip I have online on YouTube through the legal ways. Um, <laughs> yeah, the pop was was brilliant. And do you know what? There was also a pop, surprisingly enough, for Goldberg, who has returned <laughs> and will be chasing, uh, who will be facing, should I say, and challenging Bob the Lash at SummerSlam. Now, what do we think of that? I mean, it's, again, it's the boost ratings, isn't it? Purely simple, like, Goldberg has still got that name value. Um, I don't know what's happened with Brock Lesnar because that's, that was still heavily, heavily rumoured. Maybe they couldn't afford him and they just said to Goldberg, do you want to face Bobby Lashley? And, and Goldberg doesn't care. So it's too, it'll be a five-minute match, like a Brock versus Goldberg kind of match. And I wouldn't put it past Goldberg to win it again, to be honest. See, I think with this match, you say you need two big matches for SummerSlam. SummerSlam is very similar to a WrestleMania. You say to a casual person who's heard of wrestling, oh, SummerSlam's on this weekend. Oh, I can't go to town this weekend. SummerSlam's on. Oh, who's wrestling who? And you say, oh, John Cena's facing Roman Reigns. So the guy who's in Suicide Squad's facing the guy from Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, I know both of them. And then you go with the other one. Oh, Bill Goldberg. Oh, that guy from the 90s. Yeah, he's facing Bobby Lashley. 
I haven't heard of Bobby Lashley. Who is he? He's the WWE champion. Oh, so that guy from the 90s who was in WCW is facing the, the actual champion. I'm sold just on those two matches. And even if you're not watching wrestling every week, you know, I've got loads of friends who casually watch it. They'll watch the Manias, the Rumbles, the SummerSlams, but don't really follow it week to week. Yeah. They're going to be staying up. They're going to watch that. And, and it being on a Saturday as well means we can all actually enjoy it and not have to worry about work in the morning. And they are marquee matches. It's nice to see that he's come back. And, yeah, it's nice to see the fans getting behind him. You know, they sell the merchandise. Um, he sells T-shirts. I know people are booing him, saying it's an old man coming back. But he actually does put on a decent show. Yeah, okay, he almost dropped Undertaker on his head. But put that aside, he actually does entertain the crowd. He is hard-hitting. And you, do, you can tell he actually does have a hard work ethic with it and he does care it's not just a paycheck for him he actually wants to show what he can still do what do we think then of the further debut of the nxt champion karine cross um we we saw jeff hardy come out no more words he's finally got the theme back everybody wanted it and he successfully defeated karine cross the debut what do we think of that well i asked you guys a question because obviously we were away and i said to you guys which one of these would you rather would you rather Karrion Cross debuts, he squashes Jeff Hardy, and then everyone goes, oh, Jeff Hardy's being mistreated. He should just quit and go to AEW. Why is he being there? He's a doormat. That's option one. Option two, you've got Karrion Cross, the world beater, making his debut. He's never lost. And you've got Jeff Hardy winning. You know what? We would not be talking about his debut as much if Karrion Cross won. But now it's the, the fact of, you know what? I want to see next week the rematch and he's actually focused or he has Scarlet with him and he, he actually beats the holy hell out of him and throws him around the arena or he attacks him backstage and it sets up a SummerSlam match. I think if you did just a quick squash, they're going to have to go, well, who else do we got back? Say, oh, next week is Shelton Benjamin. Next week is Angel Garza. You know, and they pick all of these people just to reel them off. But it makes more sense. He got the surprise um, knockout. You remember when Tyson had that surprise um, left hook in the, in the early yeah. 2000s? Um, can't remember who it was against. He had that sucker punch, and all of a sudden they went, "Oh no, they're having a rematch." And everybody just wanted to go and see that rematch because he should never have dropped the boxing championship. And in, in the end, um, so with this thing with Karrion Cross, it goes well. Jeff Hardy should be able to beat him. He's a multiple-time world champion. He's won everything. He's Grand Slam champion, um, and he does have the skill set. But by doing that, it furthers it, and it means because if I said to you, oh, "We're having Karrion Cross versus Jeff Hardy at SummerSlam," you would have gone to me, "Why?" That makes no sense. But now looking at it, going, oh, he's actually just lost his, his debut match. He's never lost before. He's lost his debut match to Hardy. You actually care about it more. You know, why is this big bad bully chasing him? And you can tell he's just going to beat him up backstage. Loads of mind tricks. Brilliant. Happy days. I'm well so, happy with it. And I think so will there be a rematch next week? And what if Karrion Cross loses for a second week in a row? I don't think they'll do that. I think it is the case that... I think next week there isn't even going to be a match. I think he's just going to beat him up around the corridor. You know, yeah. this, this TikTok thing, you're on my time, not your, you know, you're on my time. I'm, I'm going to face you at the SummerSlam pay-per-view. Yeah, okay, they could just end it next week. But I think it makes more sense to actually build it towards SummerSlam because you'll actually care a little bit more. And it means that you're not just squashing a veteran. Hmm. No, very true, very true. I mean, if they do go down the route of him losing... They've got to be careful that it doesn't harm him, but it might be better for him to chase it and get more frustrated to the point where he just absolutely destroys Jeff Hardy. I'd like to see that because that hasn't been done before, you know, where you've got a new star that loses week and week and week, or we haven't seen it for a long time. I've got a feeling MVP debuted years ago, back in, what was it, maybe like 2004, 2005. I'm sure... Did he lose? No, I'm thinking of Finley. Finley lost his first match, but then he went on a 
bit of a destroyer. And I think that was against Matt Hardy as well. <laughs> so it's weird how it's the Hardy boys, but... And it was the Hardys you know with mean? Brock Lesnar. If you remember it Brock was the Lesnar's with Brock Lesnar, yeah. it was a two-on-one handicap match and he absolutely destroyed him. And you look at that and you're thinking, okay, that worked for that situation. There's only a certain way you can debut. You can do the promos and build them up for the excitement and they squash a jobber. You can put them against actual legit talent and you're all shot. You're like, well, why are they putting that talent down? You, you know, it could be an open challenge, which we see quite a lot. But this is a new way. You know, We're looking at someone like a Karrion Cross who you expect to win. And I think if he did win, people would just be like, oh, same old crap. But now it's the case, yeah. Jeff Hardy's won. You know, yeah, I was speaking to our mate Dean in the car, um, and he was like, am I right? Did I, why is everybody kicking off about this? It's got him talking about it, and he doesn't even watch week by week. So if it gets the casual fan talking about it, they're doing the right thing. Right, we've gone on to it then, Joe. Give us your thoughts on this. So main event. I mean, let's not even talk about the main event. There's no point. Let's talk <laughs> about the aftermath. We have a new Raw Women's Champion, and her name is Nikki A.S.H., Oh, I mean, I'm so pleased for her. She, she absolutely deserves it. I mean, the new gimmick she's got, the superhero gimmick, is it's just such a nice change to see her like happy and it's actually her idea. And yeah, okay, Charlotte Flair was a 14-time champion. She doesn't need the title, but somebody like Nikki Cross to have it is is really going to boost her up and and make her like stand out a lot more. And I could definitely see her being like a hurricane kind of character where she comes out like, I have the power of positivity, I have the power of forgiveness, I have the power of, you know, all this. So, yeah, definitely, if, if they play it right, I think she'll do well over it. Who does she drop the title to, then? Rhea Ripley. No, I could see someone like a, a Shayna Baszler beating up, going on, you know, because they, they, I know they're going back towards a sort of tag thing, but someone like a Shayna Baszler going on a singles run. It would heighten her back up. Um, you could have a Ronda come back, maybe, or even a Becky Lynch if they wanted to do it that. But yeah, my my guess would be Shayna. That's who I'd like to see. How good would that from. be? Becky Lynch returns as a face, but on the same night beats up Nikki and wins and turns heel in a return and wins the the title. I'd actually pop to see that. It's something a little bit different, and I think with Becky, they do need the best kind of return for her because she went to superstardom. And they need to kind of get the best sort of avenue back for her, um, and, you know, straight away in a program. And if you're doing it with the champion, you know, she's of that calibre. She's a Hall of Fame worthy uh, competitor. Um, so why not? Right. Brilliant then. Well, we've had a bit of news this week. And this is some important news because this is quite exciting. Now, nothing's been fully confirmed yet. However, it appears that both CM Punk and Brian Danielson are expected to sign with AEW. <laughs> now, if this goes ahead, th- this is this is brilliant for me. This is what is going to get people to switch the channel over to AEW. It really, really is. And I know it's on a different night, but uh, don't get me wrong. They've got to make they've got to maintain whatever they're going to do with them and there's going to have to be a reason for people to tune every week and see them but my god if they do pull this off if they are both signing like nobody knows whether it is actually signed yet or whether we're almost out there and it's just preliminary agreements but i mean you've got even if they just sign one but if they sign both this is massive 
It's huge. Uh, but I was saying to Joe, don't you think we've got enough people in AEW at the moment? But yeah, you need those superstars who everybody has been waiting to see. I think the Daniel Bryan one's a little bit more likely. I've heard rumours that apparently um, there was an email that went out to 2K to say, could you emergency remove Daniel Bryan from yep. the 2K22 video game? Which would make sense. You wouldn't want him in the game playing an AEW character in a, in a WWE 2K game. But then again, he's going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame eventually anyway. But I think with CM Punk, CM Punk Phil always wants to be relevant and he's always, oh, my name hasn't been spoken about in weeks. People have come back to arenas and they're not chanting my name. So can somebody do a press release that apparently I might be coming back? I'm sorry, with CM Punk, it makes more sense for him to come back and have like a, you know, win a Royal Rumble, have a main event WrestleMania. In terms of the dream matches facing, um, you know, the Kenny Omegas on AEW, I don't think it's beneficial for him. But to take a paycheck off WWE, it's all, to him, it's all about money and not having to do as much work as possible. I think with him, it's more likely with the WWE, but with Brian Danielson, it gives him the freedom of being able to go to AEW, go into Impact, go to... Um, I think the big yeah. thing for him is New Japan, isn't it? He's got that freedom then to have that working... Because AEW have that working relationship with New Japan. He can, you know, sign a year or two-year contract, let's see, with AEW sporadically, not wrestling every week, but sporadically, um, but still be able to go up to New Japan. And, you know, I, I think that is a big, big selling point for himself. And you can see why. With CM Punk, I think he's probably ready now to earn a bit more money because it's been a while since he's had the big books. Um, and don't get it wrong, I'm sure he's got that itch like people do, even if he says he hasn't. I'm sure he's got that itch to want to return. But I see more with him, put it this way, and I hope this isn't the case, I could see him signing something like a two-year deal and not seeing it out, either getting bored or not being happy with creative or something like that, and him not seeing out the full two-year deal, where all being well injury side of things, I could see Daniel Bryan seeing it out. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, Even if it's only for a one- or two-year deal. Um, and the good thing is, I'm not sure if you're going to mention the Impact thing, but Impact's going to be doing a crossover pay-per-view with um, NWA, uh, AAA, yeah. um, New Japan as well. And the promo that Switchblade cut on impact this week was incredible. Like I haven't heard much from Switchblade Jay White before, but his promo, he was great to listen to. He reminded me almost like a CM Punk Triple H kind of way of controlling the crowd, getting them to pop ski. So in terms of, if you said to me, Daniel Bryan versus Jay White, Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega, you know, da Daniel Bryan versus Darby Allen, sign me up. Those matches sound great because Daniel Bryan versus Ricochet, we've seen it. Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns, we've seen it. You know, there's not really much left for him to do. I don't think there is much left for him to do, no. Be interesting to see what happens with the relationship side of things, though, with him in, you know, Bree, with the fact that John Laurinaitis is in the family. It's Bree's stepdad now and, you know, the relationship with the WWE, but... I don't think things will sour. A couple of years in AEW, he's a Hall of Fame candidate any day of the week. You know, Vince McMahon and the WWE, they're, they're very forgiving. Look at Warrior. Look at, you know, most people. I don't think it's Bruno San Martino, so. They'd be upset. It's very similar with the Jericho thing. I don't think Vince McMahon hates Chris Jericho and he helped found the company. And I do think Chris Jericho will go back to WWE in three or four years' time. You know, even if it's just Hall of Fame and he does a couple of appearances and then carries on with AEW. But in terms of uh, Brian Danielson, it'd be a case he hasn't got many years left on his career. WWE looked after him very, very well when he was injured. Um, you know, gave him GM roles and always kept him doing stuff and training people. Um, you know, and they've had him down in the Performance Center working with the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, so I think he's done as much as he can in WWE. You know, there's a couple of other things maybe you could do. But if you say about him going over to AEW to Impact, New Japan as well, there's so many matches I'd like to see him do. But with WWE, there's Walter, Dragonoff, maybe Cesaro thing again. Sorry? Pete Dunn. 
yeah, Pete Dunn. Um, he's faced Pete Dunn before, though. Um, but yeah, you know, there's so only a couple of things you could do in WWE. But in terms of AEW um, and the other side of places where he hasn't been before, I think they are the more exciting things that will get the ratings. You know, the five stars, six stars. Fantastic. So from two potential debuts to a potential return in the WWE, it has been reported today that it looks as if, and I'm sure a couple of us said this only two or three weeks ago, Braun Strowman is on the radar to return to the WWE. I mean, good God, the man's only been gone a month <laughs> and they're already looking to sign him. I think we had an inkling, like I say, he was on too much money, million pounds a year, and I think they really did do it to get rid of him, to be able to re-sign him for a decent amount of money that he could live off, but for far less than what they were paying him. And you know what? I don't think he will go to AEW. We said this previously. I mean, we were looking at the Rumble. We were looking at, you know, a year or two down the line. But, um, yeah, he'll be back in the WWE. I can't see him going anywhere. And I think they'll welcome him back with open arms, and he'll go straight there. The fact that they've just released a new T-shirt for him um, makes you think, okay, yeah, there's there's the thing that he could come back. But I can see him at, like, a Survivor Series. Team SmackDown needs that fifth member to help him you know go against team raw and all of a sudden it makes survivor series a little bit more oh survivor and there he series. goes you know it's always around this time when the old phone overheats i mean what do you think about it joe i mean i i think it seems you guys i mean bronson wasn't going to go anywhere other than wwe i mean maybe AEW, but they've gotten us we said the problems with you know um nero and um the bit of a hawk monster they've got enough big guys in AEW and tna it's not really the the place for him. So, yeah, I think same standard. It'll be like Team Randy Orton versus Team Riddle or something like that. Or like it'll be Team versus Team and he'll be on the SmackDown side. Yeah, I mean, we said this last week. I've had enough now for all versus SmackDown. It should be the feuds between wrestlers, but I do agree with you. That'll be probably the route that they are going to go down. There are the rumours, however, that The Rock is due to return at Survivor Series this year. 25 years of The Rock. I mean, why not to set up the potential Roman Reigns singles match or tag match? Oh, they've why been not? teasing it for years, haven't they? They've been teasing and everyone wants it so badly. They've got, they've got to do something, at least. Do we think there's a good chance we'll see The Rock at Survivor Series? Yeah, even if it's an appearance, but it could be an appearance and Roman just comes out and goes, You're why are you here? You're not relevant and all of a sudden it builds towards well if I'm not relevant, I'm winning the Royal Rumble and I'm facing you at the you know, at WrestleMania. I think that that's how you start the build to is it Hollywood next year or is it Texas? It starts to build towards it anyway. I th- I wanna say it's Holly, no, it's Texas. I'm sure it is. I'm sure Hollywood got to it all got delayed by a year or two and then they swapped something round, didn't they? As well, I I don't know, but yeah, no. We'll see with that one. Right, shall we quiz it then, guys? Yes, we can. Right, so we've got... It's me on quiz host duties this week, so I can't jump to the top of the leaderboard. Not that I'd have any chance anyway. Now, obviously, you guys have got very good chance here because Jamie himself is not here this week or next. So you've got a chance to get your point. Dan, are you back on quiz duties next week? I is it am next a, week? Yeah, yes, you are. I've got a um, true or false quiz lined up for you guys as well. So Lovely. So that pits me against Joe next week. So for today, it's brother versus brother. It's Jeff versus Matt. It's Devon versus Bubba Ray. <laughs> <laughs> it's Joe versus Dan in the quiz. It's Joe um, versus the hunt for a pen before you start. Oh, looks oh hey, here we go. The, <laughs> got it. The Sorry. hunt for Google. Right, here we go. But it's not bright. <laughs> <laughs> right, are we ready then? I, yeah. I am. I am ready. 
Right, so this week, believe it or not, it's 10 questions. Sounds about right. Wow. And your quiz this week is all to do with the man himself who returned. It's Jonathan Cena. <laughs> 10 questions on Jonathan Cena. And we shall start with question one. This is for everybody listening out there as well. Feel free to join along. Question one. Where was John Cena born? So he is also billed from here as well as being announced. So I would like the state and town or state and county. You know what don't, I mean? I want those me. places. Spelling doesn't count. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Lovely. Right. Question two. What was John Cena's name whilst wrestling in FCW? Lovely. A couple of nice easy ones to start you off with. Building me up. Question three. Which two eligible singles titles has John Cena not won in the WWE? Well, current titles are around now. They are, yes, current titles that are around or would have been around whilst he was wrestling, yeah. Or currently around or when now. he first started, yes. They, they're both, they are both active titles at the moment. So which two active titles that he's eligible to fight for? Has I already not... thought it was one, but I just thought of a Maverick. Has one. he not strong? Right, okay. You good, Joe? Nope, he's not. Oh dear. Oh, he's just got. <laughs> oh, he's got right. Is this the googling then? Is it? That's it. See. It's the train. Oh. It's because we live by a train track. It's probably that. Well, I thought you meant that he's had enough and he's jumped on the tracks. I was going to say, <laughs> bloody hell. Jesus, that turned a bit dark, didn't it? The quiz is it's only bad. a John Cena quiz, I know. Yeah, we're usually quite good at the old quizzes we, we are. We definitely can't see him now, anyway. It's a, here we go. Hey, right. <laughs> he's back. Are you back, Joe? Yeah, sorry, my phone overheated to apologise. That's all right. Are you good for question three? Yep. Yeah, what title did John Cena not win? Yeah. Or yeah. two titles. Which two, two titles? Three. Yep. Yeah, okay. got it. Question four, nice and easy. Who was his first opponent on his SmackDown debut? Town's favourite. Question five, what was his first movie appearance? Oh, give me a second. That one's on the faces. It, it, it'll be what you're thinking. It was his first role. Ah, oh yeah, I remember now. Question six. How many times has John Cena been the US champion? Oh, here we go. Could this be the first proper stump? <laughs> Question seven. John Cena has had one five-star Dave Meltzer rated match. Who was it against? There was enough super kicks and Tope Suicidas in that one, was there? <laughs> and question eight, how many times has John Cena been a world champion? Snazzy. Question nine, how many times has John Cena won a world championship at WrestleMania? Okay. And question ten, for a potential... Four points. John Cena has been tag team champion with which four superstars? So that could be World WWE, SmackDown, Raw, whatever. Just he's been the ta he's been a tag champion with four superstars. Who 
are they? Coolio, Coolio. Right, let's go for it then. So we'll go in between both. So we'll start with Dan on question one and then we'll go to Joe first on question two. We'll do it like that. So, Dan, where was John Cena born? West Newberry, Massachusetts. Did you have that, Joe? Yeah. A point each. Joe, what was his name in FCW? The prototype. Got that, Dan? I had the prototype. The prototype for another point. Right, Dan. What two eligible singles titles has he not held? The Intercontinental. Yep. And 24-7. Correct. Joe, did you get both of those? Icy Tarts 24-7, yeah. Lovely. Who was his first opponent, Joe? Kurt Angle. You had that, Dan? Yep. Right then, Dan, what was his first movie appearance? The Marine. The Marine, Joe? I got the Marine, yeah. Lovely. Joe, how many times has he been the US champion? I put five. Joe, uh, Dan, what do we go for? Twice. The correct answer is five. Yes. Five times. So, Joe, I, my calculations puts Joe on six and Dan on five as it stands. Um, Dan, who was his one, only, one and only Dave Meltzer five-star match against? CM Punk. What did you have, Joe? Shawn Michaels. It was CM Punk, right? Oh, so here we are. We're level a piece now. Did he um, get two points for the IC in 24-7? Or is it just one it point? just a one-point ah, question, okay. that one. That How many times, um, Joe, has he been a world champion? 14. Dan? 16. 16. He's tied with Ric Flair. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> um, Dan, how many times has he won the World Championship at WrestleMania? Uh, four times. Joe? Three. The correct answer is four. Here we go. So it's all to play for on this last one now. Anyone can win it now. If you get all four of these, Joe, and Dan doesn't, there's a potential here that you could overtake and win. So we'll start with Joe. Joe, which four wrestlers has John Cena won a tag team championship with? With Barrett. Ray Mysterio, Miz, Daniel Bryan. You got one of the four. That gives you one point. Dan. HBK. Um, Randy Orton. Um, Batista. And Miz. So, you've got two right... The correct answers are he has been a tag team champion with Batista, The Miz, Shawn Michaels, and David Otunga. <laughs> so I knew where you were coming from on that one, Joe. We Wade Barrett, but he was tag champs with David Otunga, he was, when oh, he yeah, had his very small yeah. Nexus run. Right, yeah. total, your, total your totals. Total your totals up. Seven. What have we got? Seven! The Len Goodman special seven. Ten for me. Oh, there we go. So Dan takes it again. So that puts Dan on 11 points on the quiz leaderboard. Dan 11, JB6, Joe 4, Taron 2. <laughs> well, it's all to play for next week, Joe, because as I said, Jamie's not here. It's Dan who's be hosting. He's got his true or false, and it's me versus you. So we look forward yeah, to buddy. that one. Right then, Dan, where can people find us on the socials? Yeah, so you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. 
We are Grapplecast Show. You can also find us on social media, on the Instagram, on the Twitter, and the Facebook. Feel free to rate, review, give us a like, even a comment. Tell us that you like us. Tell us that you don't like us. Comment on our accents. They are from two different areas of the United Kingdom. Tell us your favourite food, your favourite matches. Give us a comment. Give us a like, whatever. Yeah, thank you, thank you for the gentleman who gave us a shout-out on Facebook as well. Yes, no, that was very kind of him. We do like it. And, you know, let us know. We, we get a lot of listeners and we want to know who's out there listening. We want to hear what you have to say. We want to hear your comments. We'll give you a shout out on the show. And that, as Dan said, I echo that. If you have any questions or anything like that, or if indeed any feedback, you want us to change anything or talk about anything different, let us know. We're happy to do that. But yeah, so, well, enjoy SmackDown tonight, guys. It is emanating from two different places for the first time ever, I think. It's uh, they're doing a WrestleMania two they're having half the show from one place half the show from another so that'll be interesting i also heard that the stage collapsed today in miami at the hard rock center where they are so they've had to rebuild that and i've seen the picture but i've heard that the show will go on and it's a good job now so it must go on indeed absolutely (laughs) Uh, but yes enjoy smackdown enjoy raw next week and we will see you all um hopefully normal time normal place as always Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, bye. Bye. Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am Sir Michael Cole.